a Lifetime original podcast. It's so gross that this is your favorite holiday. America Why sucks, Megan. You know America sucks. It's not because America. It's not because America. It's because I like grilled food and fireworks. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. I said, is it sensual? She made it sensual. There were a bunch of NBA players that committed insurance fraud, and I said victimless crime. She's saucy today. She's saucy today. Fame trumps Jesus is truly what I learned. Well, and especially when your family is like seven bitches. Who is Naomi? Who is Babyface? <laughs> What's your name? Tony. She might be going into cardiac arrest. Get the defibrillator ready. Hold on, T. You're going to be okay. Breathe, Tony. Breathe. She's going to be okay? Is she going to be okay? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparikin, here with a woman who did a 10.30 p.m. stand-up show last night. Like she, 25 years old, Megan Gailey. Megan, tell us what it is to be a survivor. Truly a mistake. And it was like, (laughs) you know when comedians who are absolute degenerates are like, shouldn't you be at home? That you should be at home. (laughs) I did not get out of there until, and I was like all the way on the west side, 35 minutes with no traffic away. And I parked in a parking garage next door, $25 parking. Oh, (laughs) So I, no, I actually, I did not lose money last night because I got paid for, I had two shows last night. One of them was a benefit for the unhoused thrown by extremely rich realtors. (laughs) Now, Naomi, you're laughing because that doesn't make any sense. Oh, my God. I love it. They were like, no, no, no. We only sell $2 million homes. But sometimes yes. when we're showing, we have to walk over an unhoused person. And we thought we should do something about this. And we go, Ugh, you're lowering the value. You're <laughs> actually hurting my commission. Right. So it'd be better to get you housed. <laughs> so that was what there was like a, a jazz band. There was a tap dancer and me in pleather pants. <laughs> so that was an experience. When I walked in, it was like everyone, you know, we live a little, uh, me especially, off the beaten path of the Hollywood scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And it's like, all we do is go to our comedy shows, hang out with comedians. Well, sometimes we have brushes with stardom. But it's like, truly alert the presses. Get the whole family on the horn. We're telling them, you know, like we just got the golden ticket. So I walk into this show and I go, oh, this is Hollywood. Like, everyone was mm. so hot. Yeah, yeah Everyone yeah. was dressed in a way that I thought, where do they get these clothes? You know, it was just like, it was something that was like not attainable to me. Mm-hmm. I chatted with a woman. My set right now is a lot about giving birth and having a baby. And so a, a gal came up to me, Olivia, I loved her. She had a one-month-old and she was out. She said she was leaking. <laughs> this is our third kid, third kid. So in wow. LA, three kids, you go, I mean, you might, you're a mega millionaire. Yeah. And then I was like, where, and where do you guys live? And she was like, the West Side. We're in Brentwood. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she can also be out in the first month. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's got full time yeah. care. She said, I'm going to go see a show. No, and she was so lovely. But I was like, should I have a second kid? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm asking this like, rich person. <laughs> like, of course she's saying yes. <laughs> yeah, everyone was so, so hot. There were real, there were like Netflix reality stars there. Okay. No, not stars. Netflix reality 
people. Love is Blind, <laughs> the ultimatum? No, okay. real estate. Okay, Re- real, okay. Estate. real estate, some selling sunsetters, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. And so then I go across the street to do a weed show, but I'm not smoking weed because I'm getting over an illness. Mm-hmm. And I had to text to find out if I could do the show without smoking weed. Nothing more embarrassing. <laughs> And then I'm trying to leave this parking garage and it's one where you like you put your credit card in when you go in and then you put your credit card in to have it let you out. And that's when it charges you. Yeah. And it's like you don't get a ticket. So there's no there's like no confusion. You put your card in and then you put your card in. Yeah. Two steps. And they're the exact same step. Yep. A man in camo compression pants. Okay, no. Cannot figure it out for Upwards of 15 minutes. Oh, no. And you're behind him. Oh, no. I'm two cars behind him. Oh, no. And there's not security. You know, parking garages, remember when there used to be like a person? Yeah, it's like midnight. No no people. Yeah. This is how you know AI is not going to work. Because it's like, how, who, what manager do you yell at? You know, you're just yelling at a robot then. And so like a guy in a security thing starts walking out and he's like, I can't help you. He's like, you got to go to the front. So the man had to like walk all the way to the front of the hotel in his camo compression leggings on Sunset Boulevard (laughs) and then a man came up and I loved this man so much a nice young black man and I got up there to put my card in and he goes you do you know what to do I said yes it's a very (laughs) self-explanatory and he goes I know and and so I go oh so the issue was he didn't know what to do and he was like yeah and I go that was my gut based on his apparel (laughs) but I knew if I were to offer some advice it was going to be like no it's not working you know right, like i right, right. didn't even you, no, don't go get involved and so we started laughing making fun of him and then i said damn com- camo pants camo compression though compression to me i'm like are these yes. lularoe you know and this is sunset boulevard so you're not hunting <laughs> unless you're hunting for some fake tittos okay <laughs> megan just said fake tittos <laughs> you guys She's saucy today. She's saucy today. <laughs> so the man and I had a laugh and I got home at 12. Wow. Wow. You're dedicated to your craft. You're dedicated to your craft. Okay. You are, girl. Because you getting, I'm getting up once a week, if that. And that's only if I feel like the vibes are right. I'm not just doing shows to do them. I like want to be like see people I know or I want it to be like yeah. a nice space. Like I just am like, I can't. I don't have it in me. No, you're smart. You're protecting yourself. And not me. Not me. (laughs) Well, you guys, Megan and I are bringing you the last Black Music Month film, okay? And we're bringing it home with yet another icon, the legend Tony Braxton, okay? Mm. And this movie is called Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart. And it's a lifetime original that follows the Grammy Award-winning singer's journey from discovery to stardom, chronicling the untold story and measures that she went to to make herself and her family whole again, becoming a global inspiration along the way. Okay, let's get into it because there's a lot to unpack with Tony. I'm obsessed with Tony Braxton, and this movie told me so much more. So let's get into it. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, Megan, do you have a favorite Tony Braxton song? Unbreak My Heart. Okay, wow, the titular. Absolutely. I, I mean, like, it's one of those songs that, like, is perfect for, like, a breakup. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, it's, like, mm-hmm. perfect for a movie montage of someone going through it. Like, you hear it and you just go, this is a woman in pain. Like, it immediately takes you to her crying in the shower. Yes. Like, I see her crying in the shower and I know where, like, my heart is unhappy, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it is it is being filled with chicken noodle soup. <laughs> We love that. I love her, her, her first album, her self-titled Tony Braxton, nineteen ninety-three. That album was it. It was iconic. The cover with her with the pixie cut and like the yep. off-the-shoulder jacket, and it was like, I am obsessed. Every single song on that album is a banger. But also, I say banger yeah. even though they're all like ballads and sad. Yeah, Except yeah, yeah, seven yeah. whole days. But I was like, that to me, like her music to me is also just so that album. I'm like. It is the early 90s. It is the early 90s R&B in a nutshell. And her voice is so unique, so recognizable. I'm sure there was like a Simpsons parody of it at some (laughs) point. Like, it's just like you hear it and you go, oh, that's Toni Braxton. Mm -hmm. And I think like voices, especially black female artists, you know, those are the voices. You know, we've got we've got Whitney. And so but that Toni, it's just like that baritone mm-hmm. that low register yes. and i usually love a falsetto but she really it's like warming it, it yeah. just really truly is like cozy and i think she tends to do those ballads and those sad ballads because like that is what her voice is made for well but this is what's so interesting about the movie because i get the sense that perhaps that wasn't even her plan like she didn't want to necessarily right. just do sad songs so but i'll tell you this so the movie starts out and i'm surprised because it starts out with an actress playing tony and because we've already seen tony in fallen angels murder club I assumed it was she was going to play herself, but then I was like, okay. We know she can act. Exactly. We know she does it. We know she does it. So I was like, oh, I was, ex- and maybe because we just came off of Keisha Cole too, like playing herself, like through t- over like, you know, 15 years. I was like, oh, Tony, Tony could do it. Tony looking good. But we have an actress who is like the prettiest, cutest little thing I've ever did say. Gorgeous. But, you know, we start off and Tony's performing on stage and then she collapses. And then we hear Tony Braxton herself, real Tony Braxton, doing the voiceover. So I said, okay, okay, thank God. Thank God Tony's here. She's here. She's here. Yeah. And and not only do we know she can act, we also know that she's aged gorgeously, right. which is not that easy to do. <laughs> so when the actress collapses, I'm obviously very concerned for her health, but I'm also concerned because she is in the shortest dress <laughs> I've ever seen. And now she's laying on the ground. And I go... I, Cover her nether regions. You know, like I really go into mom chaperoning a dance of like, we need to block the parts. And and you see these, you see gals. Even I had like a, on like a pajama short the other day and CJ was like, I can see your booty cheeks. And I was like, oh my God. And this is, this is in the safety of my own home. But you see these gals with these gorgeous legs. Now you have gorgeous legs. What's oh. the shortest? You do. You have an incredible legs. I wish we got to see them more. <laughs> what's the, what's the shortest you'll go? Probably three inches above the knee. Okay, maybe. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say three inches down <laughs> from the booty. 
<laughs> never, never, never. Because I hate that feeling of like air. You know what I mean? Or like feeling like, because oh. I, what I especially feel like with clothes, I don't like, because I used to do this a lot when I was younger and trying to be cute. I would get clothes, but then I would spend the whole night futzing with them. Like it's the same way I went wear strapless. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be having to constantly hike up a top. I don't want to have to keep like yeah. smoothing down a butt. I want my coverage. I want my coverage. And you grew up in New York City, and there's nothing more jarring than wearing a dress, sitting on the subway, yes. and going, oh my God, my butt and my parts are touching the Thank New York you. City subway. Thank you. It's a wrap. Oh my God, I saw a girl in the subway once, Megan. It was so upsetting. She comes, and she sits down, and she's not looking. There is moisture in that seat. No. And she was in a little, she was in a little, little, little skirt. And she like sits and like, and like, I, it's like so fast. Cause basically it's like the seat that's right by the door. Do you know what I mean? So she kind of like sat, was like, oh, good seat. And she's kind of like yeah. slid. And then she kind of sits and uh. then she's like, ah, and jumps up. And I said, oh, baby, go to the gyno. Go to the gyno. And like that, you know, I'm, I'm anti GoFundMe's when it comes to like my eyelash extension fell out. You know, like we're just, we're funding for so much. And I go, send it to the American government. This is their fault. But, for a gal to sit in moisture in a mini skirt, I go, I'll send money. Yeah. You know, put, write your Venmo on your thigh and exactly. I will send it I will there. send it to you immediately, immediately. But that opening moment, you know, again, it lets you know where we're going to go. It almost kind of has that set up. Sometimes our classic Lifetime films where you like start off with, you know, start off with the body and then work backwards. So this one is like start off with the collapse and now let's explain. And then we flash back to the Braxton sisters' younger days and immediately I feel at peace because Debbie Morgan... Yes. Blacktress extraordinaire Debbie Morgan. She is the matriarch. Okay. And I said, Debbie's on. Does she have this time? I said, Does she have an overall deal with Lifetime? Does she have an overall? She must. Does she? They said, Debbie, we need you. She played Keisha Cole's mom and Tony Braxton's mom in this incredible month of event films. So there's actually, right when I was stuck trying to get out of the parking garage, there's a giant billboard for all of these movies. Voices of a Lifetime. Staring at it. Yeah. Yes. Staring at it. Almost being like, oh, now we're at T minus eight hours until I need to be recording that. You know, like it was like pretty, pretty ominous. But as I'm sitting there looking at it, I go, Debbie Morgan belongs on this billboard. I know. Well, also, too, she's the mom of these. Do you remember she was also the mom in Merry Little Christmas, the Kelly Rowland movies? So she's the mom of the iconic singers. I must, they may be having the concert, they'll give me Debbie Morgan. And the Littles, that's a whole entire cinematic universe of like, I think at least four films now. Yeah. Yeah, and that was Debbie because wow. the one we watched, she was like on an iPad because she like couldn't be with them because she was snowed in. Right. So. Yeah, work got stuff. Good for Lifetime for recognizing a star and saying we're putting the network on Debbie Morgan's back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Debbie said, I'll do it. She said, I can carry it. So the sisters are singing. They're very religious. Yeah. And so Tony is... I believe the eldest, and she is sitting at the piano playing. So a musical genius to me. Yeah. As someone who yeah, yeah, yeah. drove two piano teachers to move across the country, as my <laughs> brother said. And so she's playing and singing, and then four other sisters. So there's five sisters. There's five total. So Tony and her four sisters. There's to- yeah, Tony's the eldest, Tracy, Tawanda, Trina, Tamar. Okay, that's yeah. all of them. All the T's, okay? And Tamar is the one that uh, is, like, the second most famous to me. Yeah, and she's the youngest, and also with the reality show, she was the most explosive. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, in terms of, like, moments on the show and stuff. At least that's what I think of her as. Right, the oldest and the youngest to sort of be the standouts, and then it's like, the uh, others uh, kind of <laughs> get lost. So then, L.A. Reed, who is a musical We know, again, it's the 90s. This is icon. the 90s. We know. He's right. in charge of everybody. Him and Babyface. 
come in to see the sisters perform. Now, little known fact, Babyface from Indianapolis. <laughs> you okay? I mean, and one of the highways is called Babyface Highway. Really? So, but it's like, it's not a big sign. It's like a smaller sign. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good because it is weird to be like, I'm on Babyface Highway. So <laughs> I think they had to make it small, small you know, honorary. <laughs> but they come in there because they're, they're here to listen to the girls sing. But here's the thing. The story I have always heard about Toni Braxton is that she was discovered pumping gas. Okay? I'm going to tell you that right now. What I heard, it was it was somebody, and it's like, when I look up her Wikipedia, they say, it was like, so-and-so, she attended Bowie State University to obtain a teaching degree, but decided to sing professionally after she was discovered by William Petaway Jr., who reportedly heard her singing to herself while pumping gas. And it's in a Vibe magazine article. I was going to ask, how was a singer discovered pumping gas? She's doing her own gas. And she, and first of all, the way the movie, it's like the Braxtons are always singing. They can't stop. So she's like pumping gas. And she's like, probably like, not at the top of her lungs, but come on. We know that richness of Tony. And they were like, and some guy was like, girl, you got the stuff. (laughs) And she's also gorgeous. Well, hello. Well, hello. Must have been born beautiful. I know. I know. So I wonder which one is like the true one or if the gas was the urban legend, because obviously it's like the fun, obviously the fun drama story of it. But yeah. So in this scenario, all the sisters are singing together as a group. And then yeah. Tony sings a very sultry rendition of Our Father. Yeah. Which I the had prayer. Never actually heard sung. I said, is it sensual? She made it sensual. Okay. She made it sensual, quite honestly. And you can see Ellie and Babyface are like, they're like, we like her tone. But you can also tell they're also yeah. like, we don't need people singing prayers. You know what I mean? Like, they like her voice, but they're like, what is this religious stuff? Yeah. And the, <laughs> and, and Debbie Morgan is giving mom a sure, for sure. Absolutely. Which I'm sure doesn't actually like make anyone's eyebrows raise because that's how every single mom of every single child start is. If anything, they're like, great, we have a mom who's willing to do anything. <laughs> so... We cut forward a little bit. Tony is at home by herself. Everyone has gone to church. Their dad is a minister. They are in the church. Yeah. Like they are a yeah, church it's family. They don't listen to quote unquote secular music. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Mom wants them to only do clean. Like she says literally before they even start talking to Babyface, where she's like, I only want them doing clean music. And it's like, okay, ma'am, why don't we just listen to them first and just see what happens? Yes. So Tony gets a call from L.A. Reid, thinks it's her brother having a little laugh. It's the actual L.A. Reid. And he is offering her a record deal. But the catch is it's just her, not her sisters. And the audition had been like as the Braxton sisters. Right, right. So now, of course, when Tony tells her family the news, they do not take it well. Listen to this. The devil is raging. But Face Records only wants to sign you. But... We're a group. They said that they just signed another girl group and can't take on another one. So they just went and picked you? So this means we're not going to be famous. Braxton, do you see what's happening? Evil has come crashing into our house. Evelyn, calm down. Calm down? The enemy is trying to break up our family. I don't have to take it. Okay, I'll call him right now and tell him that it's all of us or none of us. Tracy, you give your sister the phone. Okay, so it's Satan at work. 
It's Satan at work. Oh God. It takes like, so it looks like this, you, you only see him in the beginning, but like the brother, it seems like Michael, who's like, I think Tony should do it. And you're like, oh, thank God. Love Michael. <laughs> There's like, but you great. never see him again. You never see him again. No. And that's, I have a brother, Michael. He wouldn't do the podcast. So, you know, th- there's always, a, there's always been a, a brother, Michael looming over this podcast. <laughs> oh no, he did do the podcast. It was my brother, Ryan, who wouldn't, cause he's a lawyer. My <sighs> brother, Michael. A good one. No, they're both good. Realtor. Michael Realtor. Yes, Michael Realtor. (laughs) Now, you say, like, of course the family was against it. I I, I understand the sisters being disappointed. And this is when church people really, I struggle with them. It's like, they're mean. The mom is mean. Yes. And doesn't seem to actually have the light and hand of Jesus guiding her through life. Because she is so mad at her daughter for being, I, I guess, having more star quality? Well, it's also like, to me, it's not, it's just mean, but it's also like, it's like, to me, I'm like, Satan, really calm down a notch. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea that it's like, they're trying to rip our family apart. It's like, why can't, this is where I'm like, why can't somebody go off and make a life and do something on their own? Why can't she try something? I like, you know, baby sister Tamar is pissed. She's sulking the whole time. Like she's real mad. And to me, I was like, that was the most honest reaction of like, I want to be a star too, (laughs) which I think you can see at play. I get them being mad. But that's the real response is I want to be a star too. It's not the devil is taking us. Exactly. And it's strange too for these very church like people. Why is being famous so important? to this mother. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. I would think you'd go, oh, okay, well, this is God's plan. And now, Tamar, you will be a Sunday school teacher. Right, right, right. And the other three T's, you will be wives. Well, but then we find out, right? We learn, uh, as dad points out, ma- the mom, Evelyn Braxton, Debbie Morgan, also turned down a an opportunity yes. for a solo singing career back in the day. She was in a group and she got an offer. And she said, I stay with my group. And the dad was like, and how'd that work out for you? Basically, <laughs> he was just like, did you get another chance? You know? Nice got six kids exactly uh, so that seems like that was an l no <laughs> but children then, are a blessing <laughs> i don't agree and so the mom <laughs> is basically like makes her promise to come back and help her sisters like if you're gonna go do this you gotta come back and help your sisters and to me that pressure is worse than the pressure to become famous or have a hit song right because you're already going in like i hope i have a career but now yes like and i don't know if you feel this way too like when people when this happens where i feel like People don't realize how long it can take to feel secure in a career or how quickly it can go away. Like, for instance, people have come out of the woodwork asking me for a job or a connection. Yes. Like, you know, yes. maybe this happened to you when your thing was posted. Like, when there's a deadline Whenever article, something's it's like, in deadline. Yes. Yeah. And people don't get that it's like, well, first of all, that's just saying, like, we started writing or we've even finished writing and they just want to look busy as a company. But it's like, you don't realize, like, I ain't even set yet. I can't get myself anything. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. No, it's a really, well, and I think this happened in the Keisha Cole too. And, and as I said on that episode, it happens with athletes, like this added pressure of, well, now I've got to elevate my entire family. Like, Exactly. That's a that's a lot when it's hard to elevate just yourself. Well, and especially when your family is like seven bitches, when you got like (laughs) seven people. You're too many people. If it was like, oh, this is my sister. I'm going to get her a job as my assistant. Or I'm going to help her, whatever. That yeah. may be one thing. But when it's That's like four payroll. sisters, m- mama got a dream. It's like too many people on payroll. That's why Joan Rivers had to work till she was 85. Because she had. Yeah. She was she was paying for, like, you know, everybody's schooling and college and everything. She was it's a like, single mom, too. Yeah. And but like everybody she ended up having, she was like, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'm like, 
and that's why you end up having to work until you're 90. So, yeah. But she goes, and Tony, and here's the thing though, because you said Tony is the older one, but this is where, when Tony gets to Atlanta, this is where I get a little confused. She is such a, and I think even as she grows up, the actress portraying Tony makes her very childlike. Like she's very wide-eyed, kind of whispery, very deferent to everyone. She don't know nothing. And like the first thing we see is Pebbles. Pebbles sounds like a toddler with marbles in her mouth. I couldn't handle Pebbles. Looking like kind of like a Barbie. And she says like, she's like, She's like, we have an apartment for you. Like, you know, it's part of your artist budget. And Tony doesn't know anything about it. And I go, honey, mm-hmm. we don't watch the TLC story. We know it's about to be a problem. We know, like, yeah. an artist not knowing the details of the contract. We saw it with salt and pepper. Like, we keep seeing it. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think that that she is that naive and wide-eyed. And I think that's the influence of the church. Like, we heard she wasn't even allowed to listen to the radio. So this is someone who is very talented, but also very sheltered, despite the fact that she's probably 21 years old. Well, this is what I was wondering. I'm like, how old is she in all this? Like, I couldn't figure out if... So if, if it's, she was born in 67. So when she's there in like 91, she's in her, she's yeah, in her she's 20, 25. she's 24, 25. Yeah. Like I was thinking she was, I was like, is she 19? But you know, when you meet people that have never been anywhere and <laughs> like, you know, it's almost like she's breaking Amish at this point. Yes. It's giving real breaking Amish. Yes. We have a really fun montage of her getting a makeover and like any makeover montage is like my favorite part yeah we see her get her short haircut the signature pixie she's the one that suggests it i thought it was going to be an america's next top model to cut her hair and she cried yeah she's like cut it all off whether that's what happened or not and she of course has the face to pull it off her and hallie they both have it yeah what i would give what I would give to be able to have the Tinkerbell. And then we see a makeup artist give her what I believe to be Accutane. Yeah, they don't make, they don't name it, and I bet they can't legally, no. but I was like, oh, it's gotta be Accutane. No, <laughs> it's gotta be Accutane. But they, they make it seem like he gives her meth. Like, it is like, <laughs> he, he like hands it to her, like in the way it's that like it would secret. be like a drug trade. And he's like, you're not trying to get pregnant, are you? He's like, what is it? He's like, it's for your skin. And it's like, I was like, oh my God. And then she also talks about getting a boob job. And Pebbles is like, yeah, we can pay for it out of the artist's budget. So I'm thinking, okay, this is all a bunch of stuff they're going to pay for up front and then take from her when it's all said and done. Now, it's so funny to me. We see the moment. So basically, she's early on compared to Anita Baker. And it's so true. They both have that deep sound, mm-hmm. those those lower registers that like just like warm chocolatey voices and so the first thing song she sings love should have brought you home which is like i was like that's iconic tony braxton i never knew until the movie that this was actually a demo she was supposed to do for anita baker and then anita baker was like i can't do it but you should have her do it so it was like and i was like that's the dream which is women helping women women helping women that's when you leave the ladder down you don't pull the ladder up behind you well we love anita baker my aunt is was is friends with anita baker I bet they haven't talked in years now. They used to wash dishes together in a restaurant back when they were like- In Detroit? Yep. Back when they were like 19, 20. And then I met her when I was, I would have been like 10 or 11. She had like come to a cookout. And she was like, but she was like, Anita Baker's a real one. Okay. She was washing dishes and she was still talking to the people she knew from back when she was washing dishes. Your aunt should have been in that. Music City Christmas movie we did. You know, when they like looked at the wall, it should have been Anita Baker and your aunt washing dishes together. I wish that had been 
a photo. So Tony, it was the boomerang soundtrack, yes, right? Yes, yes, another iconic. Oh, that movie. So she sings a song and then they're filming the music video and the sisters are there. And yeah. so even on her very first single, she is able to go, okay, I'm going to bring my sisters along. Yes. Which is yes. huge that she even asked her that and huge that they allowed it. Right. And the right. mom is on set, of course. And all the girls are in the shortest skirts. And I'm like, and what the mom is okay with seems very strange to me. Well, it's really, it's as you said, it's giving, it's giving Kardashian Jenner, where it's like, well, oh, what's gonna break her out? Because they, you see a moment where the family's watching her perform, and she's in a dress, right? And they're like, that dress. One of them, one of the sisters, is like, is that that dress too short, isn't it? And then someone else is like, no, it's nice. You know what I mean? Like you can tell they all yeah. kind of had this. Again, they all wanted that fame too. Fame trumps Jesus <laughs> is truly what I learned. Well, Jesus is the most <laughs> famous spot. person of all time. So, you know, in so many ways, it's like you just want to be near fame, right? Like, dad's a minister. Yeah. Jesus is the most famous black man of all time. Clip it out. Clip it out. Play it on loop. Megan said it. <laughs> okay? Now, one of the things I noticed, though, is like the, the whole dynamic, and this is where, again, because she does come very, she's giving fresh off the turnip truck, but what I couldn't stand, and I don't think the movie was even heavy-handed about it. I think they kind of did it in a way that was relatively direct, but I just was pretty, she's constantly trying to talk and push back against what she wants. And she's constantly surrounded by these men who just shut her down and are like, we know what's mm -hmm. best, Tony. And it made me, it was like so gross to me. Cause I was like, she is a grown adult. She's like 26, 27 years old. She is the talent. She is the reason this stuff. Yes, it's like well-produced and all that, of course. I'm not going to say Babyface didn't do stuff. But they literally talk to her like she's a little kid who's just like, go sit over there and then get up and sing. And I don't want right. to hear about it in between. So she gets an opportunity to open for Kenny G. <laughs> Listen to this. Open up for him on tour and you get that fan base. Look, I feel you on the exposure, but I think it's being risky with her core fans. Scott, the label loves the idea. Exactly. So it's pretty much a done deal. Start with the Kennedy tour, then follow with your own world tour. Can I say something? Of course, Tony. What's on your mind? Well, if we really want to go younger, I was thinking that I need to go sexier. Exactly. No, Tony. No, no. You don't sell sex, okay? You, you sell pain. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What about the Diane Warren demo? Hmm? I'm break my heart. Yes. I don't think it's sexy. I think you need to listen to it again, Tony. I don't know, Ken. You know, Tony, can you just, can you just trust us on this one? Please. Have you ever steered your own? And now, this is the thing that's so weird, is like, they haven't se steered her wrong, right? The songs have been hits. Her album goes quadruple platinum. L.A. Reid buys her a Porsche, because he was like, because she was like, I'm going platinum. And he's like, well, if you go, because he was like, you're going to go gold. And she goes, platinum. And he goes, if you do that, I'm going to buy you a car. So it's like, you see where you're like, well... They do have business sense, but at the same time, it's also like you sell pain. Like for someone to tell a woman you sell pain as they continue Who's to like 26, yes, maybe? <laughs> and they manipulate and gaslight her the entire time. I'm like, oh, that's a mess. That's a mess. That's a mess. Yeah. But then isn't that so funny to think that she didn't even want to, she didn't even like Unbreak My Heart at first. When she first heard the song. Well, it's funny because she's like, I want to be like a sexy gal. And they like laugh at her. I know. And, and they're like, like no, you're kind of like a girl next door. But she is a sexy gal because I absolutely remember this mm -hmm. white 
cut out dress with the belly chain. Yes. And they yes. have it in the movie. And that's what I have really loved about these movies is like some of the styling. I'm like, oh my God, they nailed it because I immediately felt transported back to the first time I saw that dress. Yeah. 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 They really, costume designer was on point. I wonder if Tony was like, you can take it from the closet. You know, like I was like, she, she still had it. Yeah. I was like, give us this. But basically, you know, she she goes quadruple platinum. Everything's a hit. We then see her going on a world tour. She gets world, a Porsche. Get, has her Porsche. She's on a world tour. Her sisters are on the tour. They're her backup singers. She's done with her mother asked. She's done with her mother asked. But even when they're like recording the video, the mom is like trying to go up to L.A. read and be like, I thought all the girls could have a solo. It's like, no, no, this is not a group. Tony's yeah. a solo artist. But she's trying. But you see her starting to flirt. With the keyboardist who's from Mint Condition, who I guess o- was the opening act for her tour. And so at first I was like, okay, they about to get together. But then the first thing he says is like, hey, um, the band has not been paid. Yeah. And I thought he was going to ask her out. He's like, um, I don't know how to say this. And like, since they've been flirting, I was like, ooh, here's the moment. And then he was like, I need my money. Exactly. I didn't understand. So the show is selling out. But she's not making any money. And it was because there weren't like sponsor. It, it seemed like a mismanagement, but I didn't fully understand the business of it. Well, because I guess what they're saying is the tour is on such a grand scale. What it takes to also too, you got your whole family's backup singers. So you got four backup singers. You got to pay. You got to pay your opening act. You've got to pay all of the tech, right? This big tour, lighting, rigging, yeah. sound, all this kind of stuff. And all of that. And there's nobody paying that bill if it was like tony braxton brought to you by arizona iced tea by Ticketmaster, exactly yeah yeah yeah. it would have been like okay okay and so but like it's like why didn't they get her sponsor well exactly that's what i don't get that's what i don't get and so she's like listen it's all gonna be fine i'm about to get a like a royalty check and and then i'll be able to like pay everything and then the check comes and it's nineteen hundred dollars and naomi when I saw that, I go, oh, I've been there. You know, in this industry, you're <laughs> yes. like, oh, listen, I'm about to have this check come in. Yeah. And then it's yeah. going to be everything. And then you get it and you go, well, I got to go back to nannying. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's actually, and this is not good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so she has to declare bankruptcy. Her sister's got to pay Ugh. for dinner. The house has to be repossessed. She ends up having to like sue LaFace Records. And it's so sad, like these moments of, and this goes back, honey, this is why I try to read my contracts. This is why I say, you ain't replacing me with AI. You ain't using my voice or nothing. And it's like this stuff where it's like, she was so excited to be a star, start this career. But it's like, you actually see, because they're, the press sort of paints her as like, she's a big spending pop star. She declares bankruptcy yeah. and it's, quote, all her fault. But then of you course. see in court... You know, at one point the judge asked Babyface, you know, if you had been given the deal that, you know, you guys gave Miss Braxton, would you have signed it? And he says to the judge, no, I wouldn't have. Wow. Which, and, which ends up leading to her getting a $22 million settlement. Yes. Which is incredible. Like, I feel like we so rarely hear of artists actually winning these. Like, yeah. Kesha still has to make music <laughs> for the man who assaulted her. Exactly. So it's like... The, the industry is so messed up. Right. But as part of the settlement, she is not allowed to discuss it 
for a decade. So all of this bad press about her being the reason of the bankruptcy and spending too much, she can't go out and now say, no, that's actually not true. They had to pay me. She just gets the money and has to take the bad press. But then the thing I also didn't get was she stays with LaFace Records. And I was like, was that also part of getting the money? Because I was like, why would you continue to work with people who looked you in the face and lied to you and stole from you for years. And why? Can you imagine suing your agents and then being like, yeah, I still want to work with you. Like, it's like, th- that's, I can't believe what they would want to work with her. Like both of it. I, 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 you know what? And I, and I looked it up afterwards, her and Babyface's relationship seemed at times to be more than just professional. Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of, even when I was like Googling it, it was like, yes, they were like maybe linked romantically at times. So I I, I do think there was like a a, a genuine deep connection there and it's probably his good Indiana roots. (laughs) But I did find the lines to be a bit blurred between them. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Like it was like, they're friends. They because like sometimes they're holding hands on the red carpet, but it's like, oh, yeah. they're just like really proud of the song. I don't know. <laughs> but then like when she's kind of coming out of this, she's still she's still she's falling for Carrie, that piano the keyboardist from Mint Condition. And then they end up getting married. They have two kids. The kids are named Diesel and Denim. I'll skate by that. And then there is a wonderful moment where that to me is not really part of the story of Tony Braxton. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're really following Tony's ascent. But then I think yeah. again, because Debbie has this overall deal. And her family is part of, is so in, in, intertwined with the story. No, no. Debbie said, give me a moment to Debbie. Okay. Yeah. Because there is a tumultuous scene where Debbie is, she is screaming and throwing stuff because she finds out that her husband, the Reverend, has been cheating on her with another woman for nine years, Sandy. Years. I need to take a damn break because between the emotional roller coaster Debbie just put us on and the fact that I was not prepared for dad's treachery, the reverend's treachery, we need to take a quick break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, we're back. I've collected myself. This is obviously a huge reveal and stuff like that. But because it was the story of Tony Braxton, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Why? Now we over here. And I said, you know what? Let Debbie do her. But then Tony says yeah. in voiceover, you know, this moment irreparably changed the family forever. So I was like, again, I get that this is a big moment. But narratively, I actually found like I was a little confused. I was like, I don't know how this. Unless you're going to now show me like, okay, now me and my father don't talk anymore. And this is why we decided to 
you know, have a Braxton family show. And this is why I don't trust men. And this is why I've had issues with, yeah, nine years is so crazy, especially from a minister. But I guess like, you know, Jamal Bryant, he loved people in his congregation. Like this happens. But I said, Scandal was only nine months and look how mad that made people. This is nine years. And they have six children together. So after that, Tony gets a Vegas residency. Yes. And the reason she did this, which is why every single artist has ever done this, is because she wants to take her kids to school in the morning. <laughs> and a Vegas residency, you get a big old mansion yep. in the middle of the desert. You do the same show every single night. Or do they put them in like the hotel penthouse? Or am I just thinking of hacks? <laughs> like I just thought they put you. No, because they don't want to. I think when you like Adele lives far off in the desert. Okay. Brittany lives far, not far off, but they yeah, live yeah, yeah. off the Away. strip. Because yeah. you, you have kids. You can't just have your kids running around Caesar's palace as someone who's done that. Like they're Eloise. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, because they in Vegas, you smoke in the in the casinos oh, still. So it's like, it's yes, just not yes, a... Yes. It's not for children. Vegas casinos is not for children, despite the fact that I've brought my child to Las Vegas 700 <laughs> times and I'm going again in two weeks. But we take them off the strip. Lola lives off the strip in okay, Henderson. Okay. And so she's very devoted to Denim and Diesel during this time, taking them to school. There's a really, really heartbreaking moment where I actually think the school handled this poorly. Oh. Where they asked Diesel to leave the school because his needs are now so great that they cannot tend to them because they believe him to be autistic, which then he was diagnosed with. But now why do you think it was bad? Because basically the scene is like the teacher calls Tony in and is like, you know, Diesel cannot be a student here anymore. And, you know, he's he's he, he's nonverbal. I thought it lacked empathy. Mm, okay. You felt like she was a little too cold. And I guess in her defense, Tony was like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to you. Like, like she's like, have a seat. And Tony's like, no, I'll stand. <laughs> so it's like, it's like an older white woman. She's probably just like, I don't need to listen to this bitch. Yeah. But I know people whose children have been asked to leave daycares and schools and it's got to be. Yeah. I, I just like, can't even imagine that, yeah. especially when they're at such a young age. And it's not because they're like bad. It's because right. like the school is like we can't. And it's so difficult to find a place and yes. then feel safe at that place. Yes. And then to be like, no, you you actually need to take your beloved child out of here. And I go, this is Vegas. Like, a Vegas <laughs> school should be able to handle a lot of things, right? I bet you've seen it all, lady. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though. So, yes, Diesel is diagnosed with autism. And we see this moment that is based on a real moment, which is, like, she's on stage and, like, has to kind of compose herself because she's, you know, been so upset by this news. And she, like, tells the she tells the audience, like, my son was just diagnosed with autism, you know, like, before she performs, which is what something that happened in real life. So she's dealing with that. And then she is diagnosed with lupus. And a type of lupus that attacks the heart. And y'all, she got a Vegas residency. So she is on that stage every night giving. Listen to this moment with the doctor when she realizes something's got to change. Frankly, from your test results, you're lucky to be alive. Okay, so how do we fix it? Unfortunately, there's no cure. But there are things you can do to help control the disease. First thing you need to do is rest. Okay, I guess I could take a couple days off. I'm not talking days. I'm talking months, years, maybe even the rest of your career. You can't go on tour and do big shows like this anymore. I need you to take a rest no, time. No, no, you don't understand. Everyone depends on me, my family, my fans. 
I just renewed my contract with Vegas. They're expecting me for another year, and then we have the kids and those bills. T, slow down. I can't. I can't slow down. You don't have a choice. I mean, my God. I will say this. Debbie Morgan is by her side, and I said this is very opposite of the mother you were in Keisha Cole's This Is My Story. But Tony is mm-hmm. like, it's hard for her because what she said, she's like, she's like, this is all me, right? Like, she is literally keeping people employed, keeping people afloat. Like, yes. Everything. She's like, I have to do this. But that is when we see the moment from the opening, which is her on stage, she collapses. So then she has to cancel the rest of the shows. And then the venue sues her y'all, because insurance, the actual villain of the world <laughs> is insurance. Absolutely. There were a bunch of NBA players that committed insurance fraud, and I said victimless crime. (laughs) So the insurance won't cover her pulling out of the shows, so then the venue sues her. This woman can't perform. Like, I'm like, uh, she's got a doctor's note. Yeah, she has medical records that are like, you can't do this. You don't have a choice. You're lucky to be alive. They're like, we got to start you on chemotherapy. It's absolutely insane. And so then she has to declare bankruptcy again. Again. And she's still in that time where she can't talk about the reason she declared bankruptcy from the first one was actually not her fault. Right. And to top all of this off, beautiful light skin Carrie <laughs> is coming at her sideways <laughs> talking about how he has too much on his plate. Yes. Yes. And then they get a divorce. They get a divorce. So I'm saying, y'all, in the final 30 minutes, Tony Braxton is hit with everything you could hit somebody with. Back to back to back. I said, catch a break. And we have another scene. And I'm going to say these scenes are so painful. Talk about cold. You know, when I didn't know that this was, this was and I, I like them showing this, but basically, you know, when she declares bankruptcy, I guess the bank auditors, you know, insurance people, they come into your home and probably everything you own, every property, and they are cataloging all of your belongings. They're also now putting a dollar amount on all of those belongings. And literally- Like your debt. Yeah. And then the first time they do it, they're like, where are the Grammys? Because she's won three Grammys. And someone's like, you going to sell her Grammys? Like, it's like her sister's like, really? Who is buying Grammys that someone else won? I know. I mean, I guess a collector, someone obsessed with Tony Braxton would be like, I have her Grammy. And it's like, do you realize at what cost you have her Grammy? But that's mean. I think you, if you were obsessed with Tony Braxton and Rich, you would buy it and then give it back to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, did you hear about how somebody, someone stole the ruby red slippers that Judy Garland wore in Wizard of Oz? Someone just like stole them. And it's just like, but you don't know who they, who stole them. Like, what are they doing? They're like, you know, it's not like they're trying to like sell them online, but someone just like went in and like stole these. And the shoes apparently are like insured for a hundred million dollars because oh you know, they were my like, God, you know, famous historical, like that movie. Yeah. But Judy Garland, she's, she, you know, rest in peace. You can't give them back. So I get them hoarding them and smelling them in bed every <laughs> night. But a Grammy is an award you win yes. for your, your crap. Your yeah. art, your skill. Yeah. And then you go, I bought one. Like, you're a loser. <laughs> it's just like, but both, I feel like in both scenarios, it's not her fault. No, it's insurance. Real villain, insurance. It's like terrible. I like really, I was like so mad and it made me so sad. <laughs> no, it, it makes me like so furious. It's so heartless. And then you go, yeah, I, I, I guess I was confused that I thought a Vegas casino would do the right thing or an insurance <laughs> company. You know, it's like The Rainmaker, which a book yeah. I've never read, a movie I've never seen, but I do believe it is about insurance companies being <laughs> evil. I say reboot that with Tony Braxton. Okay, so in 2010, she publicly shares her lupus diagnosis. Now, at this point in the film, 
I did look up if she had her breast implants removed. Mm -hmm. And she did. Okay. She did. And that, I've actually heard of quite a few women doing that as of late. Mm. Now, she had 90s breast implants. So I, I think that was like the silicone. It could have been leaking. Yeah, yeah. Yol- Yolanda Hadid famously had her implants removed because of Lyme disease. So sometimes when women become ill, one of the first things they do is go take them out. Yeah, I Get see. them out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have a foreign object in your body. Right, 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 right. And if you have, you're dealing with something autoimmune, it's like we don't need anything else for yeah. it to attack. But then after this, we see a scene where Tony's sisters are like, we want to do a reality show. You know, they, we've been, we've already pitched it to the network. Did they watch the Keisha Cole movie? Well, hello. Especially because I said, Debbie, you're again doing this because Debbie's all in too. The mom. Again, they all want to be stars, but they pitch the idea to Tony because the network won't do it if she's not in it. Of course. But then Tony, rightly so, is like, I, I don't want cameras up in my face. I'm literally battling lupus. I am in pain constantly. And that was one of those moments to me where I was like, you know, I just really felt for her. Like, And, and it, I will say, to be fair, her mom... Debbie Morgan, Evelyn Braxton is like, you're right. I've asked a lot of you. But she does ultimately do the show. <laughs> like, she does agree to do it. Because, like, her sisters can't have it if she won't agree to do it. But I'm like, your sister is, like, literally ill fighting for her life. Fighting for her life. And you said, we want to do a reality show? It's like, could you read the room, sisters? And I know stress really triggers yes. autoimmune diseases. I think there's an episode of the show where you see her, like, go into surgery. And it's just like, I don't think she needed that. I know in reality, the way they get people to open up these parts of their lives is they say, you could be helping someone who's watching. You are raising awareness about lupus, about black women's health issues that are obviously the medical system is beyond racist. And so I'm guessing that's how they convinced her to do it. Well, talk about the racist medical system. I told you how, right? I was like, because I've been having my relaxer for so long and I was like, I'm getting everything checked out because it significantly increases your risk of uterine cancer. And when I went into the doctor, who was a white lady, because I already say this, how she was like, she was like, I've never heard anything about that. Yeah. She said she hadn't heard that. And I was just like. Well, and you know what? So my mom listened to that episode and texted me without any context, no (laughs) preamble, and said, Naomi's right. That is the case. So Peggy's a nurse. Peggy's a nurse. And she co-signs it. So she'll call the doctor. Thank you. Thank you. If you want. You want. And I was just. From Peggy from Babyface's Indianapolis. And <laughs> Naomi is right. Because that's how it. There'll be no context. And the and the secretary will be like, who? What? Who is Naomi? Who is Babyface? <laughs> so I was like, this is insane. But basically, Tony, it seems like what we're seeing towards the end is that like she's in a good place with her, her like medication regimen like lupus and stuff right like because she's basically like it's it's brought on by stress you know i have good days i have bad days we're seeing her she's doing the show she seems to be doing okay but then she says she's like retiring from music you see her you know being interviewed where she's like i'm kind of done making music and then she starts to get all these calls and texts from people who are like tony come back and then babyface shows up at the door shows up at her house and is like you must sing and that's when i agreed with you that was the moment to me where i was like what was their relationship you know what I mean? For someone who yeah. like led to her bankruptcy the first time, but then also kind of like helped make sure she got money, but then also was always hanging out at the house. I wasn't sure. And they sang duets together yeah. that were like romantic, which people do when they're not in romances. But it was like, you guys are really selling this. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, maybe we should say we're retiring, you know, <gasps> just 
wait for the calls to pour in. Retiring from comedy. I'm retiring from stand-up. I'm with retiring. a half hour, with two half hours under my belt. I'm retiring from stand-up. I'm retiring with, oh boy, a mortgage I have to pay and a bunch of clips that have mean comments. I'm retiring and everyone will go, that's nice. <laughs> But they start to work together again, and you see that, like, Babyface is doing what he'd been doing from the beginning, which is like, I know what's right. We're going to do what I want to do. And Tony was like, nope, not this time. And I said, thank goodness. I almost, I wanted her, she was, like, very nice about it in the moment. I wanted her to be more forceful. Like, I kind of want to, because I just felt like, you've been through so much. You do not need to protect a man's feelings ever again. Okay? You go right there. You go, Kenny, get out of my damn house. You go, Kenny. <laughs> you ain't telling me how to do it. Especially because she can play the piano. She can sing. She knows music, right? Like, she's not just yeah. a voice where you just say, hit this note. It's like, stop it. You're making me wonder, like, obviously Lady Gaga is a, is a true musician. But, you know, because of the rise of autotune, like, I wonder in 10, 15 years, will Lifetime even be able to do documentaries like this or biopics <laughs> like this? Because it's like, um, hmm, okay. Uh, all right, let's do a biopic on the computer that sang. Like it's like the, it, it really does feel like these type of musicians yeah. are, it, that's a dwindling resource. Well, it's a dwindling resource. And it's also just those type of musicians, because the music industry is so predatory and because of online music and like Spotify giving people 0. 0.0003 cents for a play, it's yeah. really hard to make your living as a musician anymore, right? And like to, and let alone get big enough to then be these people, right? Like I think it's been, I mean, that I think that's why Taylor Swift dominates everything. It's like you maybe get one person every four years who becomes very big and then they just have to hold on and then tour the world <laughs> to make all their money. And you know, both of both, both you and I, we don't, we're not Swifties. We don't. Fully understand. No, we don't have that. But like Beyonce, apparently the Beyonce tour, like Beyonce is literally saving the global economy with this tour. She's got people flying into yeah. Warsaw, Poland. Okay, just to see her. Yes. I said you're creating jobs. You're you're a job creator in Poland. Every gay man I know flew to Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. I said, What's, is it Pride in Amsterdam? Oh no, it's Beyonce. Okay. It's Beyonce, basically. But I heard she's not going to tour again after this. Like, or at least not for a bit. Like, oh, this is supposed not? to be part of why everyone's going is because like the the thing the. Everyone's saying like this is going to be the last tour for a long time. Like you ain't going to see her. Well, because so Naomi and I, we have a friend, a mutual friend who was like, let's go to both of us. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I'll spend whatever. <laughs> and Naomi goes in in true form. I do not like concerts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, she comes as a surprise to no one. He has nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> Literally has everything. I was like, I don't like crowds. I saw Lemonade, oh, okay. uh, the Lemonade tour at Dodger Stadium. Mm -hmm. And it was like, truly transcendent it was it was had a difficult time and i've said this publicly before i don't know why i say publicly like i'm on good morning america <laughs> but i've said this before i was going through a breakup but in the breakup i was the jc so it was like you know like she was yeah. mad at him but i was like i was kind of the bad one yeah but it was oh my god i wore this red jumpsuit that had like cutouts right at you know the one good part of my body which is my waist <laughs> and it was like it was backless oh my gosh i did drugs i had a great wow. time but it was hell it was hell getting in and out of dodger stadium absolute hell oh god yeah yeah yeah. you might as well just walk you might as well get there on foot honey there's no way no i know when we did and so we walked out 
then went down and we went to Little Joy, actually. But she's doing SoFi this time. SoFi has some of its own struggles getting in and out of. Well, every venue here has a struggle. It's like you literally either show up four hours early or just pitch a Which tent. I can't do. Pitch a tent in the venue and just say, I'm going to be here until things clear up. My thing with the con, like, I don't like a stadium tour. Like, I like to see, when I see a musician live, what I want is that intimacy. I don't want to come mm-hmm. and I'm staring at the TV screen, right? Because you're a spec. Oh, right. In which exactly. case, I should yeah, just be yeah, yeah. in the comfort of my home looking at a TV screen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I actually watched the Elton John Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. at, like with my parents on TV. And I was like, I'm actually way happier. I'm right. Doing this. And it was so, it was amazing. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I'm glad that we didn't have to like hike all over <laughs> an area that was cleaned out of, you know, Mexican families. <laughs> But what we do see here, though, back to Tony, okay, in her journey, because we've totally had to take our tangent, but that's what you love about us, is that Tony and Baby's face, they're collaborating again, you know, and Tony's put her foot down and says, why don't we actually listen to me for once? And they end up mm-hmm. winning another Grammy in 2015. So Tony's back. Tony's back. She can't help yeah. but be a hit maker. She's like, I retired. And she's like, wait, no, I'm back. And thank you for the Grammy. And we end the movie with the real Tony Braxton at the piano playing and singing Unbreak My Heart. Mm. And I mean, I just I just love this one. I think maybe because I love her music so much. Mm-hmm. And also I didn't know anything about her personal life like that. You know, like the stuff about mm-hmm. her kids and her mm-hmm. lupus, where I was like, oh my God, Tony. And also twice. And she's a really good actress. I'm glad that she has like transitioned into more acting. Fallen Angels is a series. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just covered Murder Club. Yeah. So she's done a few of those and and those are really fun. We loved those. I think we remember we said it had like Shonda vibes. Yes. So she's a great actress. She looks gorgeous. There's this moment at the very end of the movie where they have the actress peering in at her two children and then they like cut to the two children and then when we cut back it's the real Tony Braxton and I was like they look really similar like she's just so like for everything she's been through and her health struggles she really is a success story and and not just because she's had professional success that she's alive and well and thriving in addition to her 67 million records sold i mean my god iconic iconic now we've already said the real villain is insurance bill collectors there are a few villains here for may who was your hero of the film gosh i know it wasn't in the film but I would say the gas station where she was discovered. <laughs> Whoever opened that marathon, kudos to you. I'm trying to think of it. There's not a lot of heroes. Because I actually did like the dad. I did like the dad and then the cheating thing. And I was like, not great. I was. He was the worst. He was like too, he was too low key during the cheating thing. Meaning like he just kind of came and was like, yeah. I didn't Locked mean for it to happen. In a bathroom, like yeah, a I was like, coward. I was like, get out of here. Yeah. Also when he was preaching in the church, it was like only their family there. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't think you're, mm, you're not really reaching many people. I mean, Tony is, Tony is the hero. Tony, Tony's voice. And then everyone else, not great. I will say Tony's brother, who we never see after the beginning of the movie. I said, you know what? Actually, in a way, yes. it, was, it was heroic of him to say, you know what? I'm not going to get involved in all this. I have no desire for fame, a reality show. Uh, he's like, I'll come see a show. I'll come see a concert. But you don't owe me nothing, sis. And in a way, in a way, that is heroic. I do like a theme in all of these, not all of these movies, but a few of these movies. It's just like 
white old men doctors at the top of their game. You know, they're like, I'm an expert on lupus. I'm an expert on sickle cell. They swoop in and they really, they go, I'll go on tour with you. Where are we going? <laughs> oh, well, I always wonder what those old white men doctors in like in real life, right? Do you think they even know who these women are? Right. Because you always think that my thing is like, I, I would, I need to be famous enough that a doctor will try to save my life. That's my goal. And right. I don't know that's going to happen at this, at this rate, <laughs> at this rate, I'm about to be 40. I feel like they're going to leave me on the table. But when you see his doctor. Oh my doctors, God, what a wild goal. <laughs> I just, that's all I want is them to be like, we should try again. We should try again. This person is a, this brown person is a value. Mabel needs her. <laughs> and I'm like, but then I'm like, do these doctors know like when they're sitting here opposite T-Boz of TLC? You know what I mean? Or they're like, well, Miss Watkins, come in. <laughs> yeah, I bet they tell their wives, like I'm meeting with a singer tomorrow and the wife is like, you've got to save them. No, not or the like wife. the daughter. The daughter. The kid is like, I know who that is, dad. <laughs> yeah. I imagine like a daughter sitting at like the family dinner with her headphones on. <laughs> And like maybe hears her dad say T-Boz and is like, what? And then it's like, you're meaning T-Boz? And then they're like, okay, I guess I'll save T-Boz. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Tony's a national treasure. You guys, that brings us to the conclusion of Black Music Month, y'all. Woo! We did it. We learned about icons. We saw some pain. We saw some journeys. And we heard some beautiful voices. Beautiful voices. We got voices of a lifetime. We got tea. Mm -hmm. Tea, we didn't know about some of these people. No. I mean, true. there was a lot. Now, next week, we're taking a little break for the 4th of July holiday. But we are coming back right after that. We're giving you classic lifetime you know and love. All right? We'll also have a little announcement. But we'll also have a new thriller to dive into. So I want you to enjoy the holiday, okay? This is Megan's time to shine. It's my She's, favorite. I, it's my favorite it's like holiday. It's so gross. I love fireworks. To, I, it's so gross that this is your favorite holiday. America Why sucks, Megan. You know America sucks. It's, why not, I, it's not because America. It's not because America. <laughs> it's because I like grilled food and fireworks. <laughs> and I say, F you, America. No, it's not. Uh, no, that's not. I like apple pie. I like burgers. I like uh -huh. hot dogs. I like dip. I like chips. <laughs> and I like to see explosions in the sky, despite <laughs> the fact that we live in a tinderbox. <laughs> We're having a little driveway because, you know, having been to my house, we've got incredible fireworks. Yes, you've got views. And so we're having a little driveway party outside, firework viewing party. And I extend the invite to you and Andy. Wow, you guys, she invited me on recorded media. So there's no going back. There's no going back. So I have to be invited. Oh, my God, this is very exciting. And it's outdoor, so you can't claim Coco. I know. Exactly. I'll be there. You know I'll be there. Absolutely. All right. This was so fun. So next time you hear from us, we'll have had a party and a good time. All right. Mm -hmm. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new Bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, that's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. 
I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Copyright 2023 a Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.